What's up, listeners? Welcome back to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. No Peter. No Peter. And, well, he's uh, he might come back next week, uh, except yeah. for the movie we've discussed doing right. for next week. Yeah. It might actually <laughs> take him away. But anyways, this is a podcast, uh, as I'm sure you know, where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film, and then we will ask that most important question, would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we're going to be reviewing Bottoms. I really blanked on it for like a millisecond. Bottoms is the movie we're going to be talking about. But before then, we have some news. Uh, On Twitter.com, some person... Ferrari trailer playing. Um, Some person on Twitter posted what they think are 15, bracket, pretty big, close bracket, differences between good art and bad art. And boy, this is maybe the funniest spreadsheet I've ever seen. The goal was to compile... Because he he prefaced it by saying, like... People say art isn't sub- art isn't objective and it's subjective and but I think I've compiled a list that can objectively evaluate the value of art. So let's let's take a look at some of my favorites. So in he has three columns. One is differences, and then a column for what good art is an example of and what an example of bad art. So number one is emotional effect. Good art should improve your mood. <laughs> bad art. <laughs> Makes you feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a, like, toddler. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I don't like that. Also, just, like, completely changing. You'd think in a list like this, it would be, like, the exact opposite. So yeah. it, like, unimproves mood or makes mood worse. But he yeah. changes the noun altogether. It makes you feel weird. <laughs> yeah, and because what that like changes that like leaves a gray area for like there are so many things that don't fall into those two things. <laughs> true. Uh, another good one. I'm gonna try and save that one for for later because that's my favorite. Um, uh, instinct knows is is a difference. Whatever that means. So good art, the example is instinctively recognized as good art. Okay, I can I can see. Okay, sure. Sort sure. Bad art, instinctively recognized as a scam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess. Oh, here's a good one. Number nine, differences, and he doesn't even try to like come up with a way to like, like umbrella term it it's the term is good gps bad gps good art is a good map bad art is a malevolently bad map i like that he adds <laughs> a malevolently <laughs> bad map. he adds an adjective i um, like that he's also in both the scam answer and that he's supposing that like bad art is intentionally made to like yeah. like it's it's meant to like kill you well well, whatever. input, here you go, number 10, input. Yeah. Good art, you input your sweat, tears, and struggle, whereas bad art, you are inputting your obfuscation, lies, and resentment. That says okay. it all. That's how you get, that's how you get a malevolently bad map. Well, okay, there's something to that point where, like, if you go into art with very bad intentions, I think you can come up with something really heinous. But I don't know... Again, like the idea of there being an objective criterion here is is stupid. I could see some of these applying to things like Quantumania, like Ant Man. Yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is like I could be like, yeah, that's a malevolently bad map. It's a malevolently <laughs> bad map, and I do think that they went into it 
with deceptive intentions where the goal was not to make a good movie it was just to like continue the ever sprawling mcu I, I mean quantumania checks all the boxes makes me feel weird saps energy sets off a downward spiral confuses the mind produces stagnation um <laughs> recognized as a scam uh wishes to destroy the canon mocks the concept of values so like it's all there uh, but my favorite, of course, is the drug metaphor. So good art is like, it's like bulletproof coffee. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what makes coffee bulletproof. Uh, but bad art is weed. And doesn't that say all? Uh, so that was, that was a bad really fun detour on Twitter this week. Um, yeah. Next, we have the trailer park. Zoom, zoom, pulling it. I feel like I haven't done that. In, I know like, we're so out of practice. We've really yeah. slacked on on August, um, and it's September now. So this will be a good September. We'll, yeah. except for yeah. one time where you're definitely not gonna be here. Uh, that is true. Next week. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> anyways, we've got some some pretty big trailers. First off, let's talk about our boy David Finchie's back. Um, yep. Post post Mank, I think was his last yep. movie back in December of so. twenty twenty, maybe twenty twenty one, with a right. little movie that I've heard tell about for quite some time called The Killer, starring uh, Michael Fassbender, who probably hit his girlfriend or something. Just throwing that That's out there. That's not good. But uh, the trailer looks pretty good. Uh, I do I do like David Fincher a lot. Um, I think I will enjoy this. I think I'll enjoy this too. I like that. I actually quite like Mank. I think people, a lot of people, do not are not fans of Mank. They talk a lot of shit about Mank, but I I like that. However, it is cool to see a return to this kind of like, noir sort of vibe, uh, like dark and mysterious and grungy. I think that's yeah. fun. I saw someone describe it as like trashy neo noir. Yeah. And I'm like, and yeah, it kind of is. That feels right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's very funny how like. People were pointing out on on Twitter that for the trailer, it's like from the guy who brought you and you know, immense catalog. But they're yeah. very like hand picking movies yeah. that kind of resonate. So like, <laughs> Seven in, Gone Girl, yeah. and was it the girl with the dragon, the dragon tattoo? Dragon perhaps. Dragon. I mean, that Maybe. fits for this movie. It but like, fit. I was people were pointing that, out that he just hasn't made a movie since Gone Girl. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Killers is not brought from you uh, from the guy who brought who brought us Mank. Unfortunately, who brought you Mank and Benjamin Button? Wouldn't that be so funny if it was like from the guy who did Mank? <laughs> Let's go, Mank! Mank, Mank Nation, rise up! Um, but yeah, it, uh, it looks looks interesting. Um, another uh, boy boy movie we have coming is uh, uh, the Michael prequel Mann. to the Christian Bale Matt Damon movie. Yes, prequel to Ford v Ferrari is Just Ferrari. Um, <laughs> man, I wish it was actually called Just Ferrari. Just the title. Um, it's it's called Ferrari. Uh, Michael Mann's latest movie. I've I've realized I haven't seen a lot of Michael Mann. I think I've maybe only seen Heat. I think so I've only actually, seen Heat too. So uh, Heat two hasn't come out yet. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I I need to do. Um, I, I'm gonna do a, 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 a what do you call him a manathon, yeah, um, a Michael manathon uh, before yeah, man this movie I think. Yeah, he, <laughs> I'm sure he will manhandle me. Yeah. Um, but uh, as for this trailer, it stars uh, Adam Driver as 
uh, that Ferrari guy. Um, there is, is it Penelope Cruz, I believe? I believe so. I think you're goddamn um, right. And Shailene and it, Woodley. Is that so? Uh, and yep. a Patrick Dempsey, apparently. Mm. Hugh Jackman is in this? Well, this is all if um, Google is to be believed. Uh, anyways, and it also stars, of course, a car. Um, the yep. little car that could. It looks interesting. I'm, looks fun. Uh, I, again, not as a, a, not a Manhattan not man, man right. head. You're not, man not a man. Build. I'm not a man. Yeah. <laughs> so just like man, I, I don't know. We'll see. I'll 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 see how it is. What yeah. do you think? Uh, I think it looks interesting. I think I liked the intercutting between just like very kind of mundane or maybe not mundane, but very like regular scenes of Ferrari, and then the actual and like the car speeding along in this very like heightened kind of action sort of filmmaking style. And I think that looks that looks interesting. And so I, I think what strikes me about the trailer is that it has this like really intense sort of tone, but Ferrari himself isn't doing anything intense. It's just like mm. supposedly like his employees essentially. Um, and I think that that might be well, because like that's what his drivers essentially are in a way. Um, mm, true. Yeah. Uh, and so that's uh, that's interesting. I'm interested. In that. He's very much like the man in the shadows. The Michael Man in the, the shadows. Michael Man yeah. in the shadows, controlling. He's pulling the Ferrari strings. And, yeah. Uh, sure. Um, the last uh, movie we're going to talk about is one that uh, I I pointed out to you is uh, very much up your alley. Uh, it is. It's, it's a little movie called Foe. Do you want to tell us about it? Uh, so it's with Paul Mescal and Saoirse Ronan. and it looks like it's about robot time, and that's <laughs> that's what I like. Robot time, yeah. So it looks like uh, Paul Mescal's going to the moon or something, and they're replacing <laughs> him with a robot, <laughs> and that, that's the that's offer, really pretty much. <laughs> um, that's how I explain a lot of movies. That's how I explain yeah. First Man. <laughs> looks like Ryan Gosling's going to the moon or something. <laughs> What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> looks like yeah. the moon is coming to Earth or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but no, it, it looks interesting. It looks like what, what, why we say it's right up my alley is because the kind of films that I have historically made is like somewhat normal situations. Like it's just about like a relationship, but there's space in it. Like that's, I've made like that movie a few times now. Uh, and so this looks like that. And that's why I, I am personally very interested in it. Yeah. And it's, uh, Paul Mescal and Sersha. That's a, uh, it's an Saoirse, interesting The Irish... Irish duo. Oh, is Paul Mescal even Irish? Am I wrong about that? I don't think he is. Uh, he is Irish. Oh, he is. Okay, well, the Irish. I was pretty, I was pretty sure about that. I was just gonna check if they've done anything together yet. Uh, in film, actually, he's quite new. He's he only had his yeah. first film debut in in twenty twenty. Uh, Lost Daughter, After Sun, of course. God's Creatures. Um, oh, Carmen. <laughs> Uh, Carmen's a funny movie that oh he plays Aiden in Carmen. <gasps> he that's plays me. a man. That's you, and we keep saying you look like him. <laughs> Carmen is a, a very funny Irish little name. movie that is on my, is holding strong on my watch list just because it has uh, him and Melissa Barrera of <laughs> oh, okay. she's scream scream she's girl scream, right? right yeah and it doesn't have like great reviews but like with those leading <laughs> leading actors <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna watch that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No, I don't think he's. I don't think he's done anything with her, unless she's in Normal People. I don't know who's in that. Mm. 
Perhaps. I've not seen that show. Mm, doesn't look like it, or at least not in the main cast. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Paul, Paul Mescal is having a great career. Like, he's just blasting. Having a great run. So, yeah. other than this, he's got Gladiator 2 in the works. That's a oh, yeah. huge thing. Merrily We Will Roll Along. Uh, sorry, I, I added a verb in there. Merrily We Will Roll Along. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we will, will, we will do, it. do it. We haven't done it yet. We haven't done it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's coming out in the future. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, he's, he replaced um, Glenn Powell. I bel- oh, no, no, it wasn't Glenn Powell. Sorry, it was a bunch of slander, Glenn Powell. There's a guy who was dating Melissa Benoist who beat her. Uh, lots of that in oh. this podcast, I guess. Um, and uh, this year, he's he's going to be in All of Us Strangers with, um, and no, and with Andrew Scott, which I've heard very good things about recently. Um, that okay. And um, Andrew Scott was uh, the hot priest in Fleabag, and he was the hot he priest was, in Fleabag. He was the bad guy and in other Sherlock. British stuff. Yes, he was that. He was that yes. guy. Uh, but I've heard really good things about that, and also I've heard really good things about. We're kind of leeching back into the news, but really good things about Poor Things. It sounds like that will be yes, quite good. Yeah, that looks. I'm that's, very excited for that movie. Actually, uh, that's a highly anticipated movie for me. And I don't think I've. I don't think I've done a Yorgathon either. To be honest, I can't say mm. I've seen that many Yorgos movies. I think I've seen The Favorite, and I've seen Dogtooth, and I think that might be it. Oh, and I've seen Nimic, that like short film. So I don't know. I guess that's a few. I've seen, yeah, I've only seen two. I've seen the uh, the favorite and the lobster. Those are the two I saw. Mm, yeah, I haven't seen the lobster. But what I've seen from him, I've enjoyed. Uh, but uh, other movies we may or may not have enjoyed. Uh, mo- movie one, one movie, uh, Bottoms in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just not, not to be confused that. with Talk to Me the movie. Yeah, we did not see Talk to Me this week. Although you can look at you can look at you can look through our past episodes and uh, we you could look wait, at no, it. <laughs> we didn't do an episode on that, did we? Never mind. No, we so didn't. it is it's mentioned in another episode. Okay, uh, so Bottoms, directed by Emma Seligman, also written by Seligman as well as Rachel Senat or Senat. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> start starring you Rachel. Sorry, yeah. You can, you can, at home, you can cut in whichever one you want to, you want to yeah. use. Okay. Uh, so, but I'm going to commit to one here. Starring Rachel Sennett, uh, Ao Edabiri, Ruby Cruz, Havana, Rose Liu, uh, Kaya Gerber, uh, some other people as well, including Marshawn Lynch. Cinematography by Maria Rush. Uh, it was produced by Orion Pictures and Brownstone Productions. Uh, released initially March 11th at South by Southwest, August 25th for a general release, 88 minute runtime. It has a budget of $724,000 and is currently. Oh no! Oh fuck, I mixed that up. <laughs> <laughs> that was That's the other way around. <laughs> budget is $11.3 million. That sounds And the budget was, at box office was $724,000. I was like, holy shit, they took that... I was like, that's low they, as they hell. Took yeah. Less than $1 million budget really far. <laughs> they really stretched Although, it out. Although, I think this movie does feel low budget. I think it certainly does. It's it's a low budget um, of the, the Hollywood variety. It feels like mm. it was made on $11 million. That's I, sure. I will say that. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, thank you for that. Uh, now, what our, our next step in the, the ceremony of this podcast is a little game we play called Predacritic. Uh, there's yep. a website called Metacritic, 
where critics' scores of a movie are averaged out of 100. Um, we are going to guess where on said metric uh, Bottoms lands. And so I've just spun the wheel, and it looks like I shall be going first to guess. Um, I think people will like this quite a bit, uh, but I don't think it'll make it quite into the 80s. Uh, where the must-sees belong, but it could get close. I'm going to go with 78. 78. I am going to go with 77. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> Just getting right in there. <laughs> like playing the game. If yeah. you're not playing the game, what are you doing? You're losing. Then you're going to fall in behind. You're just a little, you're just a little leech. Just a little yeah. pilot yeah. shark. Thing that's what else like am I gonna do, man? sucking up what all you the, the leftovers. Well, guess what? Seventy-seven is dead on. So if you had guessed any Let's other, go. Number, <laughs> it would have been close that's enough. Awesome. I led you right to it. This is, of course, awesome. the, the fault of going first. Um, so as as the winner, you do get to uh, proceed. So uh, what did you think of this movie? Non-spoiler reactions. Yeah. So I will say that I think. This movie is probably not... This movie doesn't feel like it's for me, and it doesn't feel like it's something that's meant to be super enjoyed by a guy like me. I thought that, 70, might, that might be the reason. 77 is high for me. This, to me, is like a three-star movie, pretty handily. I think that... I think that some of it is very, very funny. I'm, I'm less critical of just, like, the comedy itself, because, again, I think it's just a brand of humor that... I just don't think is as funny. Like, this kind of improv we're just gonna, like, try to, like, figure something out. Like, that just almost never works for me. Like, I just don't... I don't like when I can tell that actors have been improv for, like, a minute straight in the movie. And it's like, I just don't like that. It's just... I, I almost never like that. Uh, so I didn't... I'm not a fan of that, but that's not, like, an objectively bad thing about the movie. It's just something I don't like. There are other more concrete criticisms I think I can level against this movie. I think that some of the directorial and cinematographic choices are, are a hard. little yeah are a little bizarre i think that there are some gags that are not as um emphasized or not as uh executed as well as i think they could be i think there's some weird editing moments and i think the script is very bizarre in in a few ways um but that being said i think that these are fun characters I think that there are really funny parts. I like how violent it gets. I like that it's very absurd, too. I think that the fact that it's this absurd, elevated world, I think that's really fun. Um, and so, yeah, I'd give this three stars. I probably would recommend this to people because I do think that people would get a kick out of this, even if it's not their favorite thing in the world. So that's my, that is my non-spoiler reaction. Interesting. I was, I was wondering how you would feel about this one. I thought maybe you would like it, so I was kind of like, gearing my I was trying to figure out my criticisms to be like how can I critique the film without sounding too harsh and I, I do want to like support it but now now it sounds like I will be the more positive you'll be the other one <laughs> yeah it'll be the reverse um so oh for, first I wanted to ask did you do you like did you like Iron Man did I like I, the first Iron Man yes I did like that movie did you know that it was mostly improv <laughs> No, I know that, but that's what <laughs> no, that's what no, I'm no, saying. Like yeah. generally, but also they didn't improv that on set for the most part. They went into that 
with rehearsals. There, the story behind that oh, is that there sure. wasn't a script and that they rehearsed and that they came up with like a really strong. Like, oh, is that how they did it? That's what oh, they I did. They did tons that. of okay. rehearsals. And so what I'm what I mean is specifically when I can tell that it's a bit, and I can tell everyone on set thinks it's really funny, yeah. but I just don't think it's funny. And it's the, like and to me, it just feels like something where it's like. I just know I definitely would have cut that out if I yeah. if I edited it. But and whatever. yeah, to to hop into my non spoiler reaction, I I have to agree with you actually. Um, I did find that quite quickly. I was like, oh, I'm really just like I'm just watching the behind the scenes interviews of Rachel Sennett and Ao Edebiri, but like in a movie, it's yeah. it's the same. They've they the way they interact in public or on the red carpet or I haven't seen their their show, but like they did like um, I don't know if it was a web series or like a sketch thing they did, but they've worked together before, and like this is kind of like what they do. They do improv, and it was very clear to me that that's what this movie was a vehicle for that yeah. essentially, which isn't bad. I no. just don't like. <laughs> no, no, yeah, and yeah. it's there's there's parts of like improv that I think were like that worked for me. There were some parts where yeah. like. Some characters are saying some really goofy stuff that you can't yeah. really just come up with. And so I think there's sure. benefits to it, certainly. But yeah. I think um, there were a couple times where they maybe took it too far and it uh, took away. The issue is when it takes away from the story. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, when the that's scene kind of... starts feeling directionless, that's when yes. I'm like. And yeah. like, like there's there's instances of like rambling that are quite funny, but also instances of rambling where it's like. This is just rambling. Uh, other other things, um, what can I say? Uh, I I thought the direction was pretty good. Um, uh, there were there were some things I, I was I, I found maybe a bit repetitive, but I, I think the overall use of movement was really strong. Uh, I appreciated that. Um, uh, it's it's a very camp movie. Um, it's it's a it's a style of, of comedy that I'll, I'll probably talk about. I did a little looking into what people consider to be camp, but it's it's an over the top world, and that's maybe something else that you kind of bumped up against. It's not well, no, that's what I loved. That's what I like loved camp. most about this. Movie. I okay, love I like really campy things. I I think we'll get into it. My I'm yeah. sorry, I keep cutting off your non spoiler. I just like okay. it's just other structural. Like, I have more mm. concrete things that just don't work for me. Okay. Actually, I have some things that I think violate the campy style that I don't... And that's mm. why I don't like it as much. But yeah. I, I Yeah, the campiness um, sometimes worked, sometimes didn't for me. Um, there were some... That, like, like specifically, there's some, like, jokes, like, running gags that they really tried to push that were just, like... I was kind of actively, like, being like, no, that's not funny. <laughs> Drop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, put it down <laughs> um it's like a dog with a holding your socks or something um it's uh i think my biggest problem is going to be with the script i found that it just it's quite fast i found the movie was quite short and fast uh, a lot of things are just kind of breezed over and it's feels more of like a um almost outliney in the sense that like um, and then we go here, and then we go here, and then we go here, and maybe not enough co- coherent movement through those ideas, through those scenes. Uh, and I think, yeah, also in, in that kind of discussion of script, I think um, it needed maybe a little more time in the, the incubator as well. Just like there's some like pretty clear mistakes 
or like like yeah. things that the like pretty obvious like misses that I was like, why didn't you do that? And yeah. So I think it there's some used... kind of there's some very confusing decisions. In this yeah, game. it could have used a little yeah. more time in the the incubator. Uh, and last thing I'll say, oh, I mean, okay, to be positive, I did find it funny. Um, not as funny as some other movies, but I like I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself. It was a movie that was, that when I heard about it initially, I was hoping to love. I saw the first trailer, and even then, I was like, "Oh, I know what movie this is going to be." And it, I think, my enjoyment of the film matched the trailer. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, yeah, that's what I was expecting at what, having seen it. Um, but yeah, I think I'll I'll stop there, and we'll we'll discuss sure. further at length. And, uh, but before then, I do believe that I uh, have to do a synopsis of this movie. So, um, Aiden, if you if you don't mind giving us a spoiler warning, pew 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 wee woo wee woo. Spoiler time! We're in the spoiler zone. Thanks. We are now uh, in the spoiler zone. That's gonna be the new. Holy shit, it's Craig. <laughs> Craig does more than one thing. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Craig. Um, if uh, uh, if you don't know, I, I have to synopsize this movie in, in two minutes. So um, uh, I will I will go uh, in three, two, one, now. So um, Ao Edebiri and Rachel Sennett are her high school lesbians, and they like girls, specific girls, mind you, uh, and they are at a fair. And there's a, a high school uh, a football player, Jeff. His name is Jeff. Um, yep. His name is Jeff. Uh, and he's dating uh, one of the girls that uh, Ao Edebiri likes. And um, they bump his kneecaps with their car, like very light tap. And it destroys his tibia or his patella. And then people are mad at them. They're so mad. And there's also just threats of violence and they get called to the principal's office they kind of just have to lie as to explain why they broke his knees um for drug money and uh they said it was a fight club they they had a fight club and so then they actually have to commit to the lie they people also think they're in juvie so they start a fight club but actually they think this could be good to hook up with girls so they start the fight club the girls they like eventually join said fight club they have a friend named hazel who's kind of doing all the administrative tasks and actually making it run um boyfriend uh, is is also or uh, high, uh, footballer player Jeff is is fucking Hazel's mom. Um, they let um, uh, Ao's crush know, and Ao's on a date with the crush anyways. And then she breaks up with Jeff, and then Jeff uh, they blow up Jeff's car with a bomb. They also egg yep. his house, um, and then also Jeff's best friend boyfriend is mad at them, and so he's trying to destroy the club. Um, uh, Hazel they. Uh, oh, because they bombed the the car, they disband the club, and there's a uh, Rachel Senna yells at Hazel, um, and uh, Hazel kind of like uh, rats on them, and then there's the prep pep rally, and they reveal the the truth about the Fight Club, and everyone's mad at Rachel Senna and Ao, and then they fight, and then they're not friends, and then Gay Yoda, uh, also Jeff's gonna get murdered, so they try to save Jeff, and they kill the opposing football team that they're rivals with. Nice. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, there's like a rivalry between their high school and Huntington, Huntington. which is their high school. There's one of my favorite, like, just throwaway lines is right near the beginning. They're like, uh, sorry, no more library because Huntington shot up our books. (laughs) 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 So we don't have any more books. I think that's a a funny one. So that's how we're established. 
that there's this long-standing feud between the two high schools. Yeah, I just remember they said, like, so no more reading this year. So no more <laughs> reading this year. Like, like yeah. you just don't get to. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, well, that kind of kicks off our first discussion point. What was your favorite part? That was very funny. I think as tradition holds, I will get you to say yours first. Oh, there's a, there's a tradition of this? I don't, I think I almost ever, I think I almost always have to make someone else go first because I can't think mm. of one immediately. Oh, I see. I, I think I usually make Peter go first, but he's not here. Yeah. He's not the patsy I could show the yeah. head of us. Um, <laughs> but I actually did, I actually did come prepared today, so I do have okay. one. Um, I think my favorite part was actually a moment of improv. So kind of okay. shocking, but uh, it was when, it was at the very beginning when we're at the fair and they're leaving the fair, and they're in their car, and Ao is freaking out. Her name is Josie, I think, in the in the movie. Josie is freaking out about how she's never going to have sex with women. She's never going to meet a girl, so she's going to have to marry the gay person at high school, the gay guy at high school, and they're mm. going to be like, oh, like yeah. doing, running church together. That was fucking hilarious. That's just like... That's like a like I think improv works best in like brief moments like you sprinkle yeah. a little improv so I think that was a, a nugget of really good improv where she's just like freaking out and rambling and that's it kind of becomes a part of her character but like yeah. it it works like the structure of the improv is also it's just a good improv sometimes improvs are bad and this was a good one where it kind of ends and she's like will you visit us on church on Sundays, <laughs> like uh, I don't know, I just I found that really funny. Yeah, so I I didn't find that super funny, but I do think that it is like a better moment and for of improv, and I think why that works is because it functions in the script as a character establishing moment. Like yeah, and we're also like we're moving, like that's what the scene is. You know, what I mean, it's a scene where we're just walking through the the fair, like we're just walking through it, and we're just. The point of it is just, is it, oh, it's the car. I thought, I thought this was when they're in the fair, but either way, like these, this opening part is like the point of that is just to introduce us to the characters. So that's a very opportune time for a character to go on this rant that exposes a lot about themselves. So I think it like, it just has a good like place and function in the script. Although I didn't think it was that funny. That was actually a moment where I was sitting there and I was just like, Oh, the whole movie's gonna be like this, isn't it? <laughs> but um, whatever. That that one again. That's another one where it's like, that's just a personal. It's just a personal taste yeah. thing. I don't have any concrete criticism to level against that because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just that's not for me. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you have a favorite part then? Do I have a favorite part? Honestly, like I really like. This isn't a part, but this is just like a thing the movie was doing where I really like, um, there's some really funny, like, background gags, like, just what's going on in the background, especially, like, specifically with the football players. Like, I think it's really funny that the first scene that's in a classroom, they're just inexplicably is one of the football players in a cage. Like, he's just in the, cor- he's just in the corner of the room, but he's, like, he's, like, animalistic. And I think that's mm-hmm. the same guy who, um, who, uh, uh what's Beats Hazel later. Be- who Hazel has to fight later, yes. Yeah. Um, and so that's funny, though I do have a criticism that ties into that. But I think that, like, 
I also like, uh, in general, just the way the football guys act. I like that they're, like, babies. Like, I think it's really funny yeah. that when Hazel walks in to discover that Jeff is sleeping with her mom, the sounds we hear, he's like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> like, that, the, like, the sex sounds he's Great. making. I think that's really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I like it. I think, yeah, overall, like, I just really like the absurdity of it all like i i think that this movie would not work for me at all if it wasn't so silly yeah um, i honestly to kind of dive into our discussion i honestly think they could have they could have gone further with yeah the, i agree the campiness yeah. and i think maybe maybe one of the things that was reacting against is the fact that the movie is trying to like toe the line between and like can't yeah. decide what it is is it realism or like you know as realism is as film comedy gets but you know like just regular film comedy and camp and i feel like the best examples of camp like go for they go to the moon and don't look back sure uh, like paul mescal um <laughs> they're just like and then they get replaced you know, by a robot they and yeah like comedy's <laughs> a robot now and they're yeah. but they're on the moon uh yeah. but like i think i think a different um film would have for like to further the campiness would have like instead of leaving the guy in the cage as a background thing they would have put that in your face immediately yes, and so like there's a guy in a cage and everyone would been would have been a little bit stranger there's just too many like normal people i think yeah i so i have two things to say to that the first one is so well okay my, i want to get into that criticism after but it has to do with the cage thing uh the first thing i want to get into is that i think that one of the th- one of the burdens this script is carrying is trying to at once be like a distanced story about like, this is funny and silly, but also a very sincere story about like the experience of these queer girls. And I think that it doesn't balance those two tones super well. I think that when it dives into like the more sincere moments where like they're, they're feeling real feelings and we're supposed to be there with them. It's weird for me because we've just, because of what just happened before was so silly and um, I, I want to say like lacking stakes, but I don't mean that in a critical way. I mean that in like the comedy way of like, it's just like a silly situation and you're not supposed to like how Seinfeld is like that. Like you're not supposed to care yeah. about what's happening at all. And I think that like sometimes this movie is like that. And then sometimes you're supposed to really care. And I, I don't. I think there maybe is a way to weave that better, but I don't think this weaved that very well for me. I I actually do agree. I found that um, yeah, the emotional moment, like I, I just was not really buying into their their struggle as much as I was hoping I would. Um, I, yeah, no, I think you I think you nailed it on the head there. Um, it just it's quite silly and detached, especially when it's improv. When it gets yeah. to, like, if it's starting with, like, an improv scene and it's, like, that takes me out of it, I'm, like, oh, that's an improv scene. That's the actors. And then yeah. I have to buy into their story yeah. after. And it's, like, no, you were just goofing off in the last scene. It's kind of, like, it's reminiscent of Thor, Love, and Thunder. Although yeah. nowhere near nowhere as bad near, as that yeah. movie. That movie uh, destroys itself in that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else can I say about that though? Um, yeah. Also, I don't. I don't know. Maybe they do. Do you think the the opening? How the how the characters are introduced is that like 
Is there something there? Is it like, do they do that well? What do you think about that? So I, so my reaction at the very opening was, oh, okay, this is what it's going to be. Because I had gone into this movie thinking it was going to be like on some level a very like genuine, sincere story of like the struggle of these girls to have sex with other girls. And I thought that that's, I thought this was going to be, but the opening scene led me actually in the other direction where I was like, oh, they're kind of assholes. And this is actually just mm. going to be a movie about like, and so like, you know what I mean? Like we're introduced to the fact that like, they're not super nice. <laughs> like They're not great people right at the beginning. And I was like, oh, okay. This is going to be, again, this is going to be like Seinfeld. I'm going to be watching like characters who are not great people just kind of going through. And I was like, okay, I, I can get with that. That's going to be fun. And I, I was thinking throughout the whole movie, I was like, well, okay, but are they going to, like, the obvious direction you take that in on some level is if they're assholes, then they are not assholes. They learn to not be an asshole by the end of the movie. And as it went on, I was like, okay, so they are doing that. They're doing that too. And it, yeah. so I, I actually think that the opening, the introduction to these characters to answer your question really led me in the direction of we are not doing, we're not doing what I was expecting. We're not doing a, like a sincere story. This is just going to be like a detached comedy. Yeah. And it's, it's because I think also that first scene is an improv scene very clearly yeah. where I was like putting, stacking hats on her head and it's yeah. just like doing like ridiculous things that again, probably trying to make the crew laugh. And then we jump from that scene to another, like clearly improv scene where they're talking to their crushes and, Rachel Senna's talking about like hot dog. I, I rewatched yeah. that clip and like it is funny, but again, it's yeah. like, what are you trying to achieve? And like it's hard to do both of those things to go from like this is very silly, we're all being very silly, detached kind of um, improv comedy to jumping into like sincere, like these are characters with genuine emotions. Yeah. Um, and there was a part of me that like I was trying to figure out why I felt this way and maybe it's part of that but like it took me a while to be like these girls like those girls I don't know what it was yeah. but for a while I was like do they like I you you well, surprised me like I can't actually tell and then later on when they started sharing like emotional scenes I was like oh no I buy it now like that is yeah. someone who likes that other person and there's some really nice moments later but at the start I was like not fully convinced, I guess. Yeah, I think, well, I think we're introduced to this idea that they only have, like, a very superficial, uh, like, understanding of these, of these girls, of their crushes. Like, they only, they just think they're hot, and, like, that's all it is, and that's all it is to them. And I think the movie is very aware of that. I think, like, there's even a scene later where I think um, uh, Josie says to PJ something along the lines of, like, if it was, like, any other girl who was just hot, like, you would also, like, you'd feel this yeah. way about her, too. And so I think that, like, I, yeah, something about the way that all of these things synthesize and something about the way it's, like, I think the movie's also trying to convince you on the same time, at the same time, that they also just genuinely have, like, real feelings. Like, and maybe the idea is that they're supposed to develop them as they get to know these girls but they don't really get to know them. Like they just, yeah. you know what I mean? That doesn't really happen. I think there's a lot of that in the script where it's like at a certain point in the movie, it starts acting like it has established all these things and it hasn't. And I was like, that did, I don't remember yeah. seeing that. Like, I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Um, and I, I think feel... an example of that is like when in the scenes, when, 
there's a part of the movie where Josie winds up having sex with her crush. I forget the crush's name. Uh, and PJ tries to kind of make a move on her crush and is unsuccessful. And I think like the Josie situation, like that one, you clearly saw the build, but the PJ one kind of came out of nowhere. Like there's no reason. I don't know if PJ and that character had been in a scene alone at that point. Like before. No, that point. I don't think so. Yeah. And so it was like, yeah, they, or they looked at each other. It was when she yelled at Hazel and Hazel walked out of the room there was like yeah. a brief interaction when everybody left and maybe yeah. that's when like they asked each other out but yeah anyways um it's I'll, I'll bring up this now but after after having seen bottoms yesterday i was feeling like i want to see a better version of this and like so i can kind of figure out like why it wasn't working for me and so the movie i ultimately landed on and it was it was a tough choice trying to decide like okay am i going to watch a camp movie that's kind yeah. of going for that or am i going for a movie that kind of like goes for like what the story is and i ultimately went with story do you want to see if you could guess what the movie was it's not from it's from not that long ago and it's very similar very similar is it like uh book smart it was book smart it was book smart yeah i watched book smart again this is actually the second time i've seen it uh the first time i was kind of like yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, I, I I just thought it was like you know I didn't I didn't have a great reaction to it. This time I was like, this is a five star movie. I see like I understood oh, right? the hype. Yeah. yeah, I understood the hype the second time. I was like, and and I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know what's coming this time, and you kind yeah. kind of appreciate it for what it is. And it's like, I was I was really blown away actually, uh, by that movie. And just like at the start, um, to comparisons i have is the first scene is the main character of that movie abby maybe i'm not sure um she's like meditating and there's the voiceover of like the thing she's listening to and it's like you are a badass bitch everyone works half as much as you do you work so hard and you will achieve your goals and they're gonna end up as garbage people (laughs) and like like it's it's an amazing like I, I instantly know who this character is. Yeah. Um, and it's and also weaving in like some exaggeration and comedy there as also well. Also true. Yeah. And then later, another example is the scene where we see the second main character look at her crush. Um, mm. I know the crush's name is Ryan. I remember that. And she's looking at her girl crush, girl Ryan. It's a girl. Um, okay. And, it, well, it's misleading with the name Ryan, but... Um, right. No, that's and fine. That was another example where I was like, oh, I totally buy that. And I think yeah. that was even just like a filmmaking thing where it's like like the soft, ethereal light and slow yeah. motion. It's like, that's film, it's film language, right? I um, think they do that in this movie, but there's something that felt off about it to me. Am I, am I, I, am, am I misremembering that? That like they do that when they're at the carnival? They do, yeah. Maybe but it's, it's just far like... Away. It's like a wide shot, I thought. Maybe it's or, far... Like, it could also be that, like, maybe it's too quick in the script. Like, I I, like that might be a weird thing to say, but, like, I think it feels weird to me that, like, it feels kind of like what you were saying. It feels like we're just trying to, like, get to the thing. And it feels yeah. like, for what it, it feels like we haven't done an essential thing first, but I couldn't tell you what that is. Like, I no, feel like, I, I, I feel like we have to, yeah, we have it's, to know it's... more about these characters um, I think this is what it is for me. We have to know something that isn't related to the fact that they have a crush on these girls first, and then we have to mm. see the crush. 
I think I that that's to, what it is for me. I need to know who Ayo Edabiri is alone, I think. Yeah. Even more than that, because that's how that, again, that's how Booksmart yeah. starts is you meet your, although it's a, it's a kind of co-lead movie, there is one yeah. who's the main character. And yeah. we start with them alone because I need to know who she is by herself. But yeah. she does not have a scene by herself for a really long time. And I, yeah. I mean, that in itself could be a thing. Like, this is someone who yeah. is always with their friend. And but that, you, can that can be you can exactly. find little beats. You can find little beats and scenes. Yeah. The, the Ryan scene doesn't happen for quite some time into Booksmart. Right. And also, I wanted to point out that um, these movies are such great comps because um, uh, Bottoms is, is an hour and a half. It's 90. And Booksmart is an hour and 40. So it's a difference yeah. of 10 minutes. It's not that different. And that 10 minutes does wonders. Mm. Um, not to say that like the 90 is an impossible format. People do it all the time. But um, I, I think that's close enough where you can say that like one is clearly doing something better. Um, I'll also say, I think this kind of leads into this, the two different introductory scenes from these movies um, also speaks to how to a, a larger problem I felt, which is I don't really feel that PJ and um, Josie were super well-defined characters. Yeah. I really felt that they were Ao Edabiri and Rachel Sennett just at, like, doing their shtick, like, just playing off each which other. Which I think they're clearly front. good at. Like, I think they clearly... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's just... I think that we don't really... I think if you want to do the crush thing, we just have to have an understanding of these characters beyond just, like, the archetype of what they are. Like, PJ's just, like, PJ's, like, the mean, doesn't give a fuck, like, will say whatever off the wall, and uh, Josie's the more, like, introverted, kind of rambly sort of one. But I think that you need to have, like, I remember one... We we had we had a film prof in common, and I, I don't know if you I don't know if you remember him saying this, but he said it was our first year intro prof, and he said yeah. that like a good thing for a character is like give them a rule and then like have them break it, mm, and so it's yeah. like I think like give them some detail that is against what we think of them based on like the overall image, and I think just like a little wrinkle would have like helped yeah. these characters feel more defined. Yeah, and um. I also feel like there's the characters really just they're so similar to me and you can pick yeah. out differences like yeah one is clearly more forward than the other yeah. but also like they both talk so much because yeah. they're improvising that they just kind of sound the same so mm-hmm. Rachel like there's this scene where they're they're both talking to their crushes and Rachel Senat is like doing this back and forth and like just being super unsuccessful, saying the most random stuff. And then Ayo Adabiri has her turn, and it's like almost the same. Like it's it's again, there's a little a slight difference of like she's a little more like introverted, awkward, but they're both awkward. There's right. not a huge yeah. difference. Uh, and I I felt like if they had taken the time to craft like a clearly defined character persona with that has like differences from their real life and like also if this is a camp movie it's supposed to be exaggerated i felt yeah. like that helps further down the line when they have to start 
clashing and then there's obstacles the rules thing that like they have yeah. to break a rule when they fight each other and they're like mad at each other for um doing what they did even then i was like you guys are not that different from each other yeah and they're like blaming each other for who started the club and it's like you both did you yeah. and i mean maybe that's the point of the movie as well but like the scene where they're like creating it's the also, idea with the principal yeah. like they're acting the same they're the same yeah. person it's also really weird and then some and then sometimes they're not but it's like it doesn't yeah. work yeah but i think that that scene is also in particularly weird because it ends in such a way that it's reminiscent of scenes in other movies when oh the protagonist fucked up the protagonist gotten too hard gotten too deep and they pushed away all their friends and it's like trying to say that that's josie that like it's josie not. wronged pj yeah. no she didn't like not yeah. at all josie does not have to apologize to pj at all like what are yeah. you talking about <laughs> it's actually now that i think of it like it's such a weird moment I, even then i was like why is why are we on ao's like why is she the main character yeah the f- more flawed one is yeah. usually the lead right and uh, i mean I like Ao, and and if if she's gonna be the lead, like she should just be the one with all the flaws. So the only, the only flaw she has in that scene is that she says what actually happened. Like yeah. she just speaks the truth. Yeah. And is like mad about she, it. She says accurate things to PJ that she needs yeah. to hear. Yeah. And like, like I guess maybe that's part of it. Like I don't know. Just like, beefing with friends. Think, Some, yeah. Sometimes you like sometimes you have a friend who does the wrong things and then there's just like it's an inevitable like i'm mad at you for doing those things but also you're sort of at fault as well like so like in theory it could work but i I agree that in that moment i was like like i think it's also that like the movie makes it out to seem that she's the wrong one that she's in i think that that's that's what that beat is like that's what that beat is in a comedy movie where it's like they or in a movie where they're running some sort of scam or they have some kind of secret is the secret mm-hmm. get found gets found out and no one likes them anymore and yeah. like like that's and the point of that beat is always like is always that they fucked up is that their flaw that they have to overcome is has led them to this moment and it's like that's not what happened to you like you can't yeah. you can't pull a fast one on me <laughs> yeah. can't pull a fast one on me too quick yeah um, but if we want to talk about scripting more i have some while we're just on a writing thing i have yeah. well, i have a few other like writing notes so it. let me know what you think about this i think it's very bizarre that huntington is even in this movie i think it's weird that they it's are like the an other extraneous threat. idea i think like it very clearly should just be the same high school as football team that yeah, have yeah. like threatened violence against these girls which is like a believable thing and you can do that in like a campy way as well absolutely and, and then because it's also there is no real reason for the football team to actually have any problem with the fight club the only explanation we get is that they're taking attention away like the the jeff's yeah. right hand man says that and it's like one we haven't seen that we have not seen that happen that the school yeah. has like has like turned attention away from five because if they have then i buy it and that's fine right but if, if we've seen that happen but we haven't seen that happen you're just telling me after the fact and so mm-hmm. i don't like that doesn't mean anything to me i also just feel like it's a stronger conflict if it's just like these are just 
clearly oppositional forces where the fight club was formed to defend them against the football team. And I just feel like that's, yeah. it just feels like that's clearly where it was going. And it's so weird to me that the Huntington thing is even in this movie. It, and yeah, no, I completely agree. I didn't realize that until you said that, but um, it's just so like, like out of the periphery of the movie until yeah. the very end. And it's so abrupt when they bring it back up again, when they're visiting, the only name I know her as is Kay Yoda. When they're visiting yeah. Kay Yoda, who I had to learn from the Wikipedia article, was Ao Adabiri's babysitter in the movie. Oh, really? That's oh, why... Oh, I thought you meant Ao Adabiri's like real no, 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 babysitter. No, no, no. Like, oh. it's Josie's babysitter. That's yeah. how they know her. That was, yeah. as a side note, a side critique. No idea. Like, that was completely lost on me. There's one line that explains their relationship, but I don't remember it. I don't remember Exactly. What because, and yeah. it's so fast. I, like, if yeah. that's something you're going to bring back later, I think you need to kind of, like, discuss it more. I don't know. Anyways, um, when she's visiting Gayota, Gayota says, yeah, didn't you know? Yeah. I hate, I hate when movies do this. Let me, let oh, me yeah. She's like, didn't you know every single year – Huntington kills someone, <laughs> and like in How a campy way. How the would you not know that? <laughs> in a camp, but like in a campy way, yeah. that's kind of very funny. It's just yeah. like, Did you know, <laughs> yeah. and then like sure. the most yeah. absurd thing you've ever heard in your life. Like there's yeah. a a year long or year long, um, a decades long kill streak. <laughs> not even just like yeah. every like decade. Like, yeah. on the decade anniversary? No, it's, like, every single year they brutally murder someone. Like, they drown someone. Yeah. I don't know. I think Like, I think it could work if that's, like, the There's campiness fun, you're going yeah. for. But, again, it just feels so random. It's They're clearly, like, supposed to be defending. That's why the whole thing starts is because it's they're trying to defend themselves from Jeff. And I feel like well, what... No, the, it actually starts because of Huntington. That's why the Fight Club starts. It's because Huntington, one of the Huntington guys, like, shot a girl or something. Okay, or, like, well, okay, no, 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 back, 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 yeah. back. So before we learn that happened, that's an off-screen event as well, we yeah. know that Jeff is, like, slamming his hands on the car, being like, get yeah. out the car. Yeah. And they have to bump him with the knee. Beca- and it's because of Jeff, who is yeah. on their team. It's the, They're defending themselves from him. That's what gets him in the principal's office. That's why they have to lie to say that it was against sure. Jeff. You've got these antagonists the whole movie who are like clearly trying to like destroy them. It it really does make perfect sense that those are the people you have to fight. And it kind of comes across as like, oh, we can all be friends. We can all like yeah. make up and get over it because we'll save you and prove our worth. And it kind of feels like like Yeah, it's weird that the why? conclusion is that like they get to fit in with these people. And it's like, why the fuck yeah. do they want to fit in with these, these people suck? Like, and I feel like that, and I know that it's, like, just a silly movie, but, like, I feel like that's what the ideological ending of it is. And it's like, well, this, why? Don't do it's, that. It, it, see, it's the thing is, like, like what your movie is trying to say. So Booksmart yeah. is a good example where the actual point of the movie is learning that the people you think suck are actually not that bad. And maybe yeah. you're kind of the asshole for just, like, assuming all these things about them and you kind of have to, like, walk a mile in their shoes so when that movie ends and you're like man these people were all right that really works and that really mm-hmm. lands but in this movie i think you just sometimes need to let people suck like you yeah. can have like i think jeff and his friend work so much better if they are just 
complete like undeniable assholes and if like you end up killing them like they end up killing yeah. the hunting to play good like yeah. it's a camp movie that's how it's supposed to work that's yeah. how these movies end um i also so, no, think i completely um, agree with you i think that um like there's a, a weird unrealized conflict where it's like like uh josie is like stealing jeff's girl and that's like not a conf- like that should be yeah. in a more focused yeah. script that should be like that should be an escalation of the conflict where it's like not only have they started this fight club to fight against us now they're stealing our girlfriends like that should like that should be the way it goes i just don't understand you know what i mean like i feel like even yeah. watching the trailer that's what you automatically assume that's what the, where the movie's going it's because the, the issue with that is they've infantilized Jeff, which hilarious he, that they do that. But, yeah. Um, it it ends up in a place where he can't defend himself from anything, and so yeah. he doesn't make for a formidable foe. In the like, if he was gonna. But then like, make the right hand man the guy. Sure. Yeah. No. I think yeah. that works. And yeah. and maybe it's fine. Like I think I think having like him be like the protector, I think is super funny. So so yeah, he should be fighting on on Jeff's behest. Like yeah. like I'm going to I'm going to kill you, Ao Metabiri. That's For not a threat Jeff. against actual Ao Metabiri. Yeah. Um no I, I, I agree with that. I a problem I had um script wise, I have a few so we can bounce off for a while on this. Um for a movie about a fight club, there's a notable lack of fight club. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very much like okay, we've started the fight club. Twenty minutes later Fight Club is over. over. Or like you don't <laughs> oh, like yeah. the club is not disbanded yet, but you don't go back to the Fight Club part of it. Like it yeah. seems like that should be more it's like the promise of the premise idea where act 2 yeah. is like this is the movie you've set up act 2 now we do those things. You think yeah. it's about a Fight Club? This is when we do Fight Club. And it's like two scenes. There's the yeah. first scene where they're like it's Fight Club bitches and like Gets punched in the face. The second one where they're like, these are the rules. You can't be late. Montage. And no more fight club. It's like you get to do... They're they're interacting as a group still. They have the share circle. They have the the car bomb meeting. And like, like there's other things they do. But I I, I was expecting like full-blown fight club. Which kind of feeds into the, the thing you had said where you said... um. Uh, it was taking attention away from the football club when it clearly wasn't. Well, if it was a real underground fight club, and yeah. like like the, if they're actually masquerading as a self defense club, but they're actually actually fight clubbing, and they're actually just beating the shit out of each other, and yeah. people start attending as an yeah. event and like paying money. Now we're getting into like dicey territory. Characters can make bad decisions about like. What's good for money? What's the why are they doing these things? And now it's actually taking attention away from from the football team. The football team. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And it's also like it's really weird that like there isn't a real threat to the Fight Club, and the way it ends is so like it, it the way it ends points that out where they're just like. Yeah, we're gonna get caught, and so we're yeah. Done. So it's like <laughs> they just... it's like no, like I get that. Like I think that they're very aware of that. That's what they're doing, but I don't. I still don't think that works. I think that I has know, like... to be the fight. The 
at the heart of this movie, the Fight Club has to stay together. The Fight Club has to mm-hmm. yearn to be a one unit, and it doesn't work if you don't do that. It like, has it's, to be it's... shut down by external forces. Yes. It doesn't work if it just kind of, like, if it did self-implode, it can't just be like, yeah, we're probably going to get caught, so we should probably stop doing this. Like, that's... It has to be that the secret be... comes out, and then that's yeah. why they self-implode. Like, that, or... which kind of happens, but it's not really... Or if it's, yeah, if it's a self-implosion, it has to be because, like, the truth is revealed and they hate each other now. It's either because they hate each other and they don't want to do it anymore, or because somebody is saying no, probably the principal. Um, Who would, again, like, that would be Who is established as not giving a shit, and so they just, they shot themselves in the foot where they don't have, like, it's just like, and so, but at the same time, it's kind of funny. Like, there's some... There's some level of it's funny to subvert the expectations, right? Like you would, you see, you understand the premise of the movie. You automatically understand the principle should be the threat. Like you have, it's like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Have you ever seen that? Like the principle is obviously going to be a threat to this. And there are a million examples of that. And so there's some potential humor in, no, actually he doesn't give a shit. But then you have to have something else. Like there has to be some other like, because the football team isn't an external... The football team didn't do anything to shut down the fight club. They just... Yeah. It was just that the fight club bombed the car and then decided that they wouldn't be able to get away with it. Yeah, it's it's really strange. Um, I also think just, like, if if the principal doesn't give a shit, like, you need a scene of, like, they're in the principal's office and he's like, I don't give a shit. Like, he actually has to say yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it has to be kind of, like, that's actually subverting the expectations is like you have the scene where it should happen and then it doesn't pan out i don't think it just kind of like ends yeah there's no build up it has to be build up and then subversion it can't just be like yeah 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 no i agree with you it just it's so random um another thing about the fight club though um there's a part where hayes was like guys it's actually really good like we're actually building like a really supportive environment and we're making really good friends and i was like when when yeah when were you doing (laughs) that Please show me those scenes because, like, that would have been nice. But, like, uh, again, for it's such a a breezy, like, movie that's just rushing through the beats that we don't actually get to see the character moments and, like, the interactions. So there's, like, a lot of, like, yelling, but there's not a lot of downtime, which movies sometimes need. And, yeah, it's it's the, the, the thing of, like, they, we're supposed to just believe that they've spent time together when we haven't seen that, when we haven't seen the bonds forming. And so it's just kind of like you're, you're taking their word for it. Yeah, no, I think that that's, that is another example of that thing of they're just acting like something is established when it's not. I think another thing is when this is a little established, but when Hazel's like, yeah, I've been doing everything and I was, I was sending out all the emails and stuff and I was doing this and I was doing that. And it's like, I believe that that happened from what I've seen. It's not that I don't believe that. We've seen a little bit of things that would lead in that direction, but we haven't seen any of the organization of the Fight Club. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's saying that, but it's like, we, like we needed to see like one example of that. I think there there needed to be, like a, the conflict between Hazel and PJ and Josie needed to be more defined. Like, and I think yeah. that it. It's clear what it is. What I mean by that is there needed to be literally scenes where it's like Josie is trying to do something with the Fight Club that's like good and beneficial for it, and PJ and Josie sabotage it. Did I say Josie? I meant Hazel. You did. Hazel. Hazel. I, I meant Hazel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
also with Hazel. Um, oh, it was it was about her mom. There's a scene where like, like in the montage where Hazel keeps coming home with bruises, and her mom is like making concerned faces, oh, and she's like, yeah. "Josie, Josie, what's going on?" And it's like building up like this this arc with like side arc of mom and and like Hazel's home life, which. I didn't need in this movie. That would seem like a yeah. really like random thing, but yeah. let's just say you want to do it that way, and like that's just something you want in this movie. The next beat that happens in that story is like jaw dropping. Like what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> like just yeah. complete left turn from where we're going. So instead of so she's she's concerned, mom. Like oh, there's probably a fight club going on, and then. Turns out she's fucking Jeff, the football player. Like, yeah. completely out of left field. Does not seem like where that's going. Bizarre. Yeah. And then they Very just keep bizarre. bringing her back. And it's like... I don't have any problem with that being the reveal. That's funny. That, like, again... like the Because that, that's a funny beat. It's a funny moment. It's just like... Yeah, it, the build-up to that doesn't lead to that at all. And I also yeah. think that I think there are personally just some not great filmmaking decisions in those scenes. So it's like this bruises on Hazel, not very yeah. obvious. Yeah. And so like in most of those scenes where she's walking by, she's just walking by and we don't like, it's not even clear what the mom is reacting to. We can like mm-hmm. fill in the gap. Like it, we understand like, okay, yeah, it's probably she has bruises and she can tell. And I think that there's, there's also some potential funny comedy in, like, she keeps, like, if she doesn't intercept Hazel, then she isn't allowed to talk to her. Like, that's a mm. funny thing, where it's, like, she keeps coming out of the same doorway, but she comes out as Hazel's already passed. And so it's, like, I think a funny es- escalation of that gag is literally just, like, the mom's trying to get there before Hazel, but because she can't, she can't talk to her. Or, like, like Hazel think, goes, like, in another room, like, goes in yeah, the background yeah, and walks back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, and it's, that's like, very scooby uh, And I, I just think that that's, like, the idea, like, she can't, unless she gets her in that moment is funny, but it's, like, and I think that that is, that is shot choice, that is editing, and I just think it's not done super well. And I think it's just another example of, like, movie not knowing what it is. Are we yeah. camp? Are we sincere movie? Sincere yeah. movie is what that is establishing concerned right. mom Can't and what be... i'm saying is a more campy mm-hmm. version of that same thing and and also the next yeah. time we see her when she's fucking jeff that is camp like the mom yes. is like i can't stress this enough the mom is a completely different character yes between those two scenes she's yeah. she becomes what i think she should have been the whole time which is like oh hi honey like like that yeah. kind of mom who like completely oblivious as to what's going on and i think there's like tons of like hilarious like like ways you could because you need a setup scene of like meet the mom early on so that that's a payoff i guess um but there's like ways to do that that's the same beat of like hazel's coming home with bruises on her face but it's a different reaction instead it's like oblivious mom being like oh you got a bruise honey like how but like like waving it off or like maybe not even realizing like you know there's yeah there's like Hazel's to trying it. to get her to notice and she literally doesn't know. Like you can do yeah. a scene where like uh Hazel's trying to like stand in front of her mom so that the mom will see the bruises and the mom like literally just won't look at her like it's just exactly. doing something else. Like so, something like that. It's yeah. it's yeah, it's character consistency. 
Um, some last script thing I have is um, just like, again, how things are just kind of like, are just thrown up with no establishing. There's no setup. Yeah. And just suddenly we're at a place and like for certain things, that's okay. Like you can be like suddenly at a gas station, for example. And you're like, yeah. well, I can understand why, why two teenagers would be at a gas station. I don't need you to explain right. why we're here. But there's certain things where like, no, I need to know how this, how we got here. So there's yeah. like suddenly they're fundraising. Yeah. What? For what? When did we, when did we decide that? What is the fundraising <laughs> for? What are they selling? Panties? Are they selling I think that panties? is what it is. That's what I heard. I was like, that's absurd. How did that just like go under my radar? Why do we need money? Like, like all of these yeah. things, like it just completely comes out of nowhere because, and of course it's overshadowed by the hazel beat, just like moaning on the ground side side note about that she's not moaning because like it's so disgusting that jeff is fucking her mom like i was like oh she's like in pain like in physical like she's like recoiling like how gross that is and it's like no she's just tired it's okay she's just tired i was like oh that's it's kind of less funny but um in addition to the fundraising there's like very suddenly the gay yoda thing i I found kind of came out of nowhere um and the one that really like other than the fundraising that really annoyed me was like just suddenly we're in Josie's room, which with um the yeah, girl yeah yeah which yeah. that seems like a really big deal especially for like this introverted awkward character you've set up so like we really lead up to that first date that's also not really a date because she's just revealing that she knows yeah Jeff is fucking Hazel's mom and you need that kind of moment of like hey do you want to like hang out yeah i guess no there there is a scene of that but that's for the first one right yeah i think so i don't know i, I just find I like th- yeah. it was so unceremonious also yeah. a, a, um josie's parents just aren't don't exist which yeah. just seems like an oversight like i feel like that should be like the parents because i don't like think a, i don't think pjs fundamental... need to be there but I think Josie's no, need to be there. It's a fundamental yeah. part of the high school movie. Like yeah. they're in every high school movie. And yet we have Hazel's mom in this instead yeah. of Ao's. And you'd think like there's all sorts of signs that like that would be a really interesting, like what would they what would they think about bringing a girl home? They're clearly very re- religious. She's got black Jesus yeah. on and she's like, yeah. And she's wearing like three crosses all the time. It's like that's yeah. you're setting something up there. It's Seems like a good oversight. Yeah, I think that even more so, the one with PJ comes out of nowhere for me. Like, And I, I mean, I've already said this, but I just feel like that scene where they're studying in her crush's room, like mm-hmm. that really, to me, just came out of nowhere. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'll say for that one, there is the kind of the, the moment where they're looking at each other. That's happened much later than Josie and the... Man, I wish we knew what her name was. That girl, when like they're asking the date, well after that is the moment between um, PJ and Isabel. That girl. Isabel, is it? Isabel is Isabel is Josie's crush. Brittany is PJ's crush. I remember Brittany because she's making jokes about Brittany. So when Brittany and and PJ are talking, like I remember that. That's a, that's a lead in that works for me. And the idea, like it does seem like she's giving her signals, but I think that only plays into what the movie wants and so i think that really works is like i did think that kaya gerber who plays britney was like into pj 
and so it's it's quite like a the shoe drops kind of moment where um she's like no i'm straight and i i think that that really worked for me actually um and i i i have some amount of like leniency for like the side character there's a lot less like need to set things up i'm 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 a little more willing to be like that was enough for me but it's when it's when there's like just not enough bridging for the main character that i'm like it just feels messy yeah yeah so i have if we want to move on from writing i actually have another criticism that i can point out i'll say one last thing i realize this is more writing just quickly on the ending um i like that uh even past like the fight stuff um the two two things i'll say one i like the fight club slash heathers reference where heathers ends with like guy blowing himself up in a football field but fight club Mm -hmm. ends with like yeah yeah the the building building blowing up and it's like the tree blowing i was like oh it's fight club uh yeah and the the what i will say though is like the fact that they did not send pj and josie to juvie is a hilarious oh. like a missed opportunity yeah like of course you should have said actually the entire fight club should have ended up in juvie because yeah. that's actually really funny that like they all end up like every single one of them is now in juvie and they're like yeah. doing their time together they're now living out the lie and yeah they like and they're strong their bond de- is stronger than ever and stuff bond is stronger than ever maybe they have to yeah. defend themselves maybe they start a fight club in the juvie like Guys, like the possibilities yeah. were endless. I, that's an, an oversight. Sorry, and you you had a point though. Yeah, so I I wanted to talk about uh, shot. This is kind of shot choice directing editing, okay. but it's specifically like the way scenes end. And I feel like a lot of scenes of this movie just kind of end. Like they just mm. fizzle out, and it's just. I think something as simple as just having a different shot and cutting to it could bridge these scenes so much better. I think the scene between PJ and Brittany, where PJ kisses Brittany and it's like, no, I'm straight. I think that that is a prime example where PJ just like kind of looks down and I think the camera either pushes out or pulls, either pushes in or pulls out a little bit. It really just cuts away. Uh, And it just cuts away. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of scenes like that where it's just like the scene's done. Yeah. In that moment too, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be so great to see Rachel Sennett have to be like feel so awkward and like out of place and have to walk like so embarrassed and be like, I have to go." And even if it's like I have to go walk out, that is an actual ending yes. of the scene. Yeah. If even if you don't want to continue that point, because again, she's the secondary character, so you kind of have to like limit how much you do there, but yeah, no, I, I, I feel that way too. There are tons of other examples of that, but I can't think of it, but I, I think even, even if you don't want her to leave for some reason, because I agree that that's probably the best way to do it. It's just because a scene is two characters enter a room, talk and then leave the room. Like that's Mm -hmm. the thing people always say. And it's like, we'll make her leave the room. But if you don't want to do that for whatever reason, you're dead set on it. Literally just cutting to a single of her, I think works better to end it. Yeah. Like that's an, you that's just, an ending. It's a, right, it's a yeah, punctuation. It's, like, it's a punctuation. It's a different beat. It's like we see her reaction more closely because I think that's a moment where you do want to cut in a little bit, and that but and then we're out of there. And I think that yeah. like that works a little bit better for me. Is that like, or we see a different angle of her. Like that's something where it's like something Either, is happening because it, it mm-hmm. gives the impression like something has happened in this scene and something is different now. 
And so now we get a different perspective on it. It's, yeah, it's the change. It's like, yeah. Um, it's even just like emphasizing the emotion of the moment. It just kind of denies the scene's purpose yeah. because she's like, yes. oh, and it's like we're, we stay wide. And it's we stay wide in this shot where we don't see Britney's face, which isn't necessarily that bad, but it's this two shot where we're both somewhat distanced from PJ, but we also don't see Britney. And so it's not like the most emotional shot. Yeah. And so I, I think we just need, if this is supposed to be a sincere scene, I think we need one shot that is more focused on emotion. And speaking of like, it, I mean, it works because those scenes are right next to each other, but just like cutting away and kind of not doing the emotional part for a, a what is marketed as like a kind of ro- hmm, I guess okay I have to I kind of have to decide what it what it was marketed as. it's not really a raunchy R-rated comedy that's not what mm-hmm. the movie says it's going to be I don't think but in the log line it sounds like it's supposed to be it sounds like it's supposed mm-hmm. to be kind of a raunchy teen sex comedy and because your logline is like two lesbians start a fight club so they can have sex with girls if sex is in your logline it's a little sterile it's kind of weird that this movie has no sex in it there's implied sex certainly it happens off screen and it's it's again like this this thing that's come up over and over again is like our movies are just like continuously becoming more sexless and i'm so happy that i've kind of found an opportunity to talk about this did you see the woman on tiktok who shielded her husband's eyes during oppenheimer do you know about this no oh my god i'm so happy this is great okay there's a woman on tiktok her husband she claims had a porn addiction and she said it hurt her so bad like the fact that and like Honestly, like, I don't know the extent of the porn addiction, but, like, I just get the sense that he watched it from time to time. <laughs> like, like, that's that's how I'm choosing to read the situation. So sure. I'm seeing it as, like, he watches porn as much as the average man, as much as the average bear, and she's just like, it's a porn addiction. He's addicted to it. He's it's too much. So she caught him, and they've, like, the, the relationship has changed. So, like, he's, like, become, like, a baby. She's infantilizes like there's like she posted videos on TikTok of her like cradling her husband. His is also like his face is blurred out, which is just a really funny detail. Um, and also there's in in the same shot that I'm thinking of, his their child is on the bed behind them. They're not looking at the child. The child is on an iPad, just like going off, and it's like it's like a baby. <laughs> So, anyway, so this is like this is this crazy couple, and she's like, "Yeah, I heard about I heard about Oppenheimer, and I was like, I thought it'd be pretty good. Like, I heard from like the Rotten Tomato scores, like it sounded like it was pretty good. It was getting really good reviews, and so I was like, I thought I'd see it. And then like, this is how so just prepare yourself. This is how we we walked in with a plan. We knew what we were gonna do, and uh, we we knew like there we knew there were some triggering scenes, like this is like the word she's using." And yeah. we just knew that whenever whenever a, a, a scene would come up, like she would like bleep the yeah. <laughs> self okay. bleep, and yeah. which he would he would he would shield his eyes, he would close his eyes and put his head on on my shoulder and like turn his head. Oh my god! For the sex scenes of Oppenheimer, and I was like, 
what is this? What are that we doing? Is, that is insane. Perfect, perfect encapsulation of like the sexless culture we we have right now, where movies just can't have sex. There's the sex scene discourse of like it doesn't advance the plot. Which is what? yeah, that it it what? advances the plot and it advances character in the same way that any other scene could. Just write a good scene. Yeah, like that's all just, it is. Like, but they just see it as like gratuitous. Also, like, I think you also just scene, need yeah. to you'd need to step back and like really reevaluate why you're watching movies. If yeah. you're like, I don't want to see sex in movies. Like, movies are supposed to like encapsulate like the the experience of living. And, and they're also like, supposed to like the point of movies is that like they can be anything. Like you're creating exactly. a reality. And so it's like, why? It's like, no, this part of of life can just not be there. It's such a limited scope of what a movie can and should be to say that, like, movies, like, if it's not, if, if a movie has a sex scene, like, a sex scene does not advance the plot. First of all, why does a scene have to advance the plot at all? Like, I know that's sure. kind of like a general, like, this is how screenwriting works. But even that is such a limited view of what a movie can be. To just sure. to just assume like it's people were saying like that's what a plot cell is like someone who's just like I'm watching the movie for the plot you know and I well I would you know, I would call myself a bit of a plot cell myself honestly I I like I like plot my favorite people are say like oh character is the most important thing no I think plot is the most important thing to me mm-hmm. I just don't understand why sex is not uh, congruous with that like there's I, just no reason so why it doesn't have like and like. Like I can uh, I can understand why something like a Marvel superhero movie might go for that. You've got sure. it's a it's a marketing thing. You know you're you're trying to appeal to the widest possible audience um, for for like of all ages. You want younger kids to see to be able to see it. So you want to make it a little less sexy. You also don't have time when you're introducing all your shenanigans, your new characters right. and whatnot. But um, and maybe maybe there's also an element of like marketing to overseas i don't know what the rules are but i know like for example you can't have gay people so maybe there's also a thing about like also you can't have skeletons sometimes <laughs> so that's another specific country has yeah. a problem with skeletons but um maybe the another thing is like there's a limit on sex scenes i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case uh sure. but for a movie such as this where like w- you're not going to get a wide audience anyways it's an r-rated yeah. movie this is really only going to appeal to the, the like the domestic american canadian market yeah why wouldn't you it seems yeah. silly no I, I i think look and it's like they don't have to but it just is no yeah it does seem like because uh, that's the other side of it it's like you at the same time you also don't have to put a sex scene in not that anyone is mm-hmm. arguing I don't think there there's anyone that's saying you have. To, I don't think there's anyone arguing no. on the other side of that. Well, but I think. Yeah, I'm the um, I'm the anti, poor poor uh, addiction wife. I'm the anti like every siege. Yeah, <laughs> every movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, they don't have to. But it is, it is a little strange that I think that. It's you can talk to about a broader point where their romance feels like very cutesy in this movie like the actual romance where it's like and then the rest of the movie just isn't that at all so even if you're not showing a sex scene like i feel like it should stay grungy and dirty (laughs) 
like the romance should yeah. feel that way the whole time. I think, There's, and I think it just turns too like cute at different parts. It should be awkward too, because yeah. like that's like that's how these work in your awkward teen comedy. Like Ao Adebiri's problem is like she's so awkward, and even if like the awkwardness in this particular scene is not enough to to end it, which sometimes it can be. I don't think that's even necessary. 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 Yeah. I was almost gonna say necessary necessarily, but that makes yeah. sense. Um, so like, I think that's again, like character moment where, you know, establishing awkwardness, the, the intimacy of it all, um, doesn't have to like cause conflict that like lasts beyond the scene. Um, but, uh, where was I going with this? I feel also like if you, if it's a movie celebrating like queer people and like that experience of being gay, where's the, you know? (laughs) what's what is that i don't know show you know like like sure. obviously it doesn't have to be graphic or anything but like be gay then like do it <laughs> like sorry but like if i feel like it's one of those things where it's like it's it feels prudish almost okay. in the way that like like in another in for you know for straight movies as well where we don't show the sex scene it's like it's we're being prudish it's like i'm not going to see the sex scene whether or not it's straight or, or gay or whatever you know like we're, we're looking away because we we don't want to see but like if you're trying to embrace an identity there's a little bit of me that's like we'll embrace it then like show yeah. like as, sure. again does not need to be a gratuitous thing you don't have to show much of anything that these are all choices you're allowed to make but mm. um yeah that's how i feel yeah, i can see that um, I have some other uh, specific kind of filmmaking things that I want to talk and talk about. Uh, so we're kind of talking about editing a little bit. There are specific moments of just I think, just not good editing. Like just something mm-hmm. is not set. It's the same thing where setup and payoff. Like I just this whole synthesis and antithesis, thesis antithesis synthesis sort of thing. Um, uh-huh. I think that uh, like so for the prime example I can think of is. There is a scene where, right near the beginning, where they're in the carnival and they're first talking to their crushes and PJ says something like, oh, that's really sick that you have so many holes in your pants. Then we cut to a wider two shot where we see that there are holes in the side of the pants. I have a few things to say about this. So, so wide. This, this doesn't work. We're yeah. too wide and you have to search the frame to even know what she's talking about. And then it's like, okay. So there are a few ways you can fix this, I think. I think you have to one either cut to that shot sooner so that we just like see the whole thing more and we see that they're Mm. pants but that might ruin the gag i can understand how you want it to be like a reveal so my other solution and i guess this isn't editing is just have her have more holes in her pants have them be like i was like i was like does that even constitute a hole like it's like it's it's kind of like bandy like it's like mushy but it's part of the it's not even like stressed pants right that's what they're supposed to look like the gag works well if it's like an exaggeration of like that like kind of chic or not chic but like that style of fashion that you might associate with that character and it's just like literally just a crazy amount of holes just in her pants and you cut to a wide like that's funny like she's just wearing these absurd pants and then but then the also the other solution i think yeah it's just that you cut to 
you cut to that sooner you set up that she's wearing that then the gag is different it's less of like a punchline then it's just more yeah. of like a like a running thing but i think that either way like that we just need like that didn't work and i think that there are, there are a decent amount of moments of editing where it's like oh i didn't get the right information at the right time because mm-hmm. of the way you edited this yeah um, I definitely felt it on that one, uh, um, and that that clip was on YouTube where I was I was watching it on my phone after having seen the movie, and I I was just baffled by like the, what a strange shot that was, and also yeah. costuming wise, how lack of holes those pants yeah. were, <laughs> it, you know. Like I also I don't even know if the joke has to be there being an absurd number of holes. I think mm. if it was just like again. I think also another problem is like, I feel like you're referring to a bygone era where people had stressed pants. Sure. People yeah. people do not wear those anymore, or if they do, they do not dress like Kai Gerber dresses in that movie. It just yeah. it doesn't feel truthful, and so the the pants that feel truthful to the character just don't have holes in them. <laughs> Feels like just a yeah. weird kind of like. It does feel like a dated joke. It feels like a it feels like a ten years ago joke. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because they're millennials, dude. It's a millennial well, movie. I that's what I was thinking. Is like these people were yeah. in high school ten years ago. Right. Uh, not 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 a dig at like this is like, I think all of them look fine for high school. You know, there's this yeah, bit, there's no Ben Platts be- in here. It's also that they're they are all old. Like none of them look like none of them look like they're fifteen. It's it's not a mix of like fifteen year olds and twenty seven yeah. year olds. They're all like twenty seven, so it's like yeah. okay, looks normal. Yeah, and then the yeah. teachers are significantly older. So yeah, the like, teachers are way older. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say also for the editing, this kind of ties back into the point you had earlier. But I feel like if scenes didn't cut off so early, I think that also solves a lot of the problems of like bridging between scenes you just need and i think also this is probably like it's probably in the script like that's where we cut you know yeah but if if a scene lasted a little longer and explained where they were going next yes like half of those problems are solved like oh now i know where we're going and why you just kind of like segues segues are important uh speaking of which i've heard you have another point maybe (laughs) that was an example of a Uh, bad segue yeah, I mean, I have a shot. I have two things that are specifically. I have a shot choice thing that I just really want to quickly touch on. Where mm-hmm. I feel like this movie, it has a specific style, uh, where it's trying to, it it's like somewhat squared off shots. Like we just don't we don't really see things on too much of an angle too much. Like we we often have these shots where it's like we're just seeing the front of these characters or we're seeing the very side of these characters. I think that's fine. And I think I don't have a problem with that. I think that there are some times where this movie is not choosing the right time when to be distanced from the characters and when to be close to them. I think that we are too close to them on a lot of parts that are supposed to be more funny. And I think that we need to be further back for it to be funnier. And then I think we're too far away on parts that are supposed to be sweet on moments where it needs to be closer um the the frontality thing you mentioned i don't know if that was the word you used but that's when like characters are just facing the screen basically like squared shoulders to yeah in the direction of the camera i think that's something i like noticed but didn't pick up on and i think they they kind of work around it but it does 
have an issue of removing depth from the frame, I think, where, yeah. like, you're, it's, it feels more like we're in a plane and you're, like, um, plane, P-L-A-N-E, but not, yeah. like, one, not an airplane. Anyways, yeah. um, so, like, like, the scene where at the fair and it's cutting between Ayo Adabiri and Rachel and then flipping to the crushes, it's very, like, mm, and mm. it's very, um, quantum like quantized it's rigid almost i don't yeah. know how to describe yeah, it yeah. But it's, it's no I, I, I get what you mean it feels like in some moments very like curated and like characters okay yeah. it's like, like characters have been placed it feels like characters yes. have been placed in in a in a thing and that's not a bad style that's like the wes Anders like wes anderson does that whatever he's like the most obvious reference of that the tons of directors do it though and it's like it's not wrong, but then also the movie doesn't do that a lot of the time. I think the so I, here... I don't think I don't think that's the style they're going for. I think it's just something that happens. Mm. I think the keyword here is blocking, big sure. B word for the for directors. And what makes a scene interesting is when characters are moving around. Wes Anderson does that. It's yeah. yes, there's frontality, but like he also like very is is like designing a, 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 an image, a shot. And if a character is like uh, not moving, there's other things that work for it that make it depth. But also, like he kind of goes for that flat look, and it's sometimes, and it's like that's the point. But for this, I do feel like there's a lot of instances for this movie where it is the two characters just standing side by side, yeah. improving two camera. Yes, and it's it's the same two shot is like yeah prevalent like throughout the entire movie and what it's reminding me of right now is a movie that i kind of like i'm an outsider on is mm. it reminds me of thor ragnarok which i feel mm. has a very similar problem go back that's and, true that's true no, that, i don't i don't care for ragnarok anymore and part of it is because it feels very stagey and like in that one it's it's a different problem because there's very obviously a green screen three feet behind yeah. them and it, boy, does it show because every single scene that where that is the case it is two characters, two shot, yeah. standing talking to each other, and it's it's weird. It feels quite strange. Yeah. So I have another stylistic criticism that ties into this, and it has to do with the focus. Uh, and the focus is too shallow in this movie, too much of the time. Uh, I th- and so there are a number of ways that I think that this is the wrong decision. So on that very two shot that we see so many times, they are like so removed from the background. Like the background just like, Mm -hmm. isn't there. I actually think that shot works way better in a comedic sense. If we can see the background and it's just this deep focus kind of thing. Like, cause then they feel like they're like situated in this environment. And instead of emphasizing, like, it feels like you're trying to emphasize character and or maybe emotion or you're trying to make it more intense when it should feel more just like silly and it should feel like they're in this world and 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 I think that they don't feel that way because of that. And then I also think the focus just straight up ruins some gags where the the cage thing I mentioned earlier is so out of focus. Yeah. It's so out of focus you can barely see it. And I think that that's way funny. I'm not saying it has to be like 
f-stop 22 everything is completely you know what i mean like yeah. i i just mean like it should be more in focus than that and i think the focus should be deeper there are some moments where they're doing the frontality thing and characters are slightly staggered and because of the f-stop the only one character is like in focus and the focus. other ones are completely out they have to rack and i was like this shot is better if you want to do this style where you are not where you're just composing like two shots and three shots and whatever and you just want to use that as your coverage and you just want it to be a static shot great cool awesome i don't think it works whether well in a comedy thing in a comedy sense if you have to rack between them i think that that has to you have to commit to what that shot is which is just a static shot of these characters sitting or standing statically um and then i also want to say there's one more gag where right near the beginning before the car before they do the car thing with jeff there's the football players are doing really funny things in the background when they're running up to the car they're like jumping over each other like jumping on cars and stuff (laughs) and it's really funny but you can barely see it and it's like the gag isn't you're not you're not going too heavy-handed by making that in focus because it's still in the background we're still not focusing mainly on that and so it's it's like you're trying to draw focus away from that, both with staging and f-stop, and it should just be one. I think it should just be staging. Yeah, I. It's it's a there's, it's a difference between drama and comedy. Comedies like again, you play wide, and there's a general association where wide also just happens to mean deeper focus. Now that's not mm-hmm. necessarily and like mechanically a true thing. You can do it however yeah. you want. But it, they go together. Wides go yeah. well with deeper focus. And kind of through association, deeper focus usually works better for comedy. But, or like, you know, use it sparingly or use it for a yeah. very distinct purpose. And I think part of what you were saying about like the need to rack focus between characters doesn't work because a comedy, like, they're both supposed to be funny. So I should be able yes. to look at the other one for their reaction as much as I'm looking at the person who's saying the funny thing. Comedy is as much about reaction as it is the person saying the funny thing. It's the straight man and the, the silly person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we still don't know what the word is. Um, the straight, man, the straight <laughs> man is just as important as what it is, is the, yeah. Yeah. Is, <laughs> as, as the silly goose. Um, and so if you have to rack focus and like the straight man's blurry, like yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. Um, no, and then if you have to rack, then you're racking attention away from the silly person, too. And so what's also important is that you have to see the silly person the whole time. It's it's, it's, a, it's removing freedom from the audience to yes. look around. And I think yeah. that's allowed, certainly in films, you're allowed to have shallow focus. But like in this kind of like, especially in a campy world, but a comedy yeah. generally, I think a lot of what's important is letting letting the audience look around and, and see what's funny especially if you're putting so much work into like having funny things yeah throughout the frame uh i'll also say that like tying this into a, a thing i thought i thought they had uh the emma i think her, her name is the director did a lot of like good camera move, move, movement mm-hmm. i think she clearly like this is a higher budget than her her first feature Sh- shiva baby which I will quietly wreck here. Very good movie with Rachel Sennett. Um, that's that's like a, a really good chamber chamber drama, uh, well dramedy um, first feature works very well. 
and it's mm. clear how like maybe this was too big of a step or mm. maybe it's not too big of a step but um just kind of like was not achieved as as well as it could have been um sure. uh, for the step that it was um but i think i think in ways she's she's differentiated from shiva baby my point was is um lots of camera movement which i think works well for the comedy lots of push-ins on on both for um sincere moments as well as for comedic moments i do think yep. there's a there's a bit of a point where i was like okay i've seen a lot of quick push-ins push it yeah. kind of like it loses its emphasis the more you use it it's kind of like yeah. again like the improv best used sparingly um yeah. and when you've done it five times i'm kind of like i get it yeah. i've seen the show i also think that sometimes the push-in was awkward and i don't know well, how to explain that other than like the, the starting focus... and the focus, the focus is bad really... sometimes. Yes, it's it straight up lost focus like a lot of times. I and I think like again, it's like if you're gonna do that camera movement, just watch, just Why narrow focus, your aperture, do do a deeper focus. But I think that there are also sometimes where it's like it just doesn't push in much. It pushes in like like a very small amount, and it's just like mm. uh, I don't know. Like and it just needs to be a bigger one because I think it's more dramatic. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, I also have. I have a really quick, uh, I don't have another example of this. I just think it's like, it's just a flaw in a scene where I was like, what? So the car thing, the setup of that situation, they, uh, uh, Josie and PJ are in the car. Isabel is arguing with Jeff. And so is they invite Isabel into the car. Jeff stands in front of the car so that they can't move. And so they hit Jeff. That is the culmination of the scene to end this, the scene. Yes, yes. They back out back of up. the parking spot <laughs> and leave. We see that there is nothing behind them. <laughs> I, that, I was I saw that and I was like, guys, what? Yeah, what <laughs> like like the idea Just that put like put a car there. <laughs> if if that's oh my god. So first of all, so many easy ways for like that just not to be possible. Most yeah. parking lots, I would say have a car behind you that would right. limit it. Such an easy fix to just not yeah. have the room to do that. I think the issue they've come up with is that if they truly were boxed in, when Jeff is now lying on the ground, where do you then go? They can't leave. Yeah. So you they actually have to can't stay leave. there. So you have yeah. to you have to have a different way out. But if you're gonna like if this is so if that's the thing, make it a thing. Don't like be like yeah. don't try to hide it emphasize it and be like oh shit yes. should have just reversed yeah that's that could a be, joke it literally just make that's it a so joke so funny uh, and, and even yeah. if even if their intention was that it is a joke the wide shot where we see that is not it's in the corner the fact yeah. that there's nothing behind them is in the corner of the frame that needs to be like the joke that needs to be front and center that's the joke there was nothing behind them even if you don't want the characters to remark about it yeah i think yeah it should have been a moment where like the football players are like still in front of them and like the the second hand man is like, I'm gonna kill you guys and then they're yeah. like, Oh no, and then one of them's like, Back up, back up and then Ao's like, I could have done that the whole time, you know. It's yeah. you have to do something with it. Uh, but I yeah. do think that kind of like summarizes this movie generally. It's like yeah. funny but quite flaw like quite a, a large number of flaws and oversights. Um, yeah. and yeah. Uh Mm, just deciding. Yeah, I think I think other than that, I'm I'm pretty much out of. I'm discussion. out of points. Yeah, I think yep. I think this movie tries to do things that other ones 
do better. I think Booksmart is a better example. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but like um, the the But I'm a Cheerleader movie. Um, lots of yeah. A fine time, I guess. I left. I realized I laughed harder during Barbie, although I do think, yeah. I think this movie overall I enjoyed better. I think I would really higher. Oh, for me, Barbie is handily a much better movie than this. I think. It's... I think in just about every department of filmmaking. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'd have to watch Barbie again. But there is in the same way that they have similar problems. I'd say, with a, a an issue of like I don't know not enough character kind of work and like the in-between I disagree stuff. With that. Mm. Yeah, Anyways, that. we have, um, we have a segment we do every week. We sure do. Uh, so in case you haven't noticed, the podcast is called predator versus movies. We've done the movie part. Now it's time to get into the predator. We asked the question, would this movie be better if the predator from the movie predator was in it? Uh, and I think you actually could put predator in here somewhere. Damn. It's campy and it's silly, and the Predator could actually just, like, show... Like, they could be... Again, going back to our old trope, they could be hunted by the Predator as a side plot. Well, they have to defend themselves, so maybe, yeah. predators, maybe predators on the football team. Yeah. Um, no, I've been thinking be about this. We should incorporate this as part of the Predator versus movie segment. We should ask the question, who will win? Because I keep, like... Yeah. I'll, I'll write in the, the YouTube description, like, oh, this is the part where Predator versus... And usually I put the movie title, but sometimes I'm like, like for the Demeter one, for example, yeah. I was like, Predator versus Dracula. And I was like, how did we never ask that question? We never <laughs> actually asked. So I think that has to be part of it now. Who would win? Yeah, so okay. Fight Club versus Predator. <laughs> Who would win? I do think Predator would win. I think even in the world where they have trained to be brutal fighters who can kill, mm. I think Predator still win in that one, to be honest with you. I think, okay. And the other, the other the the side note or like the the rule for this segment it's in the world of the movie we're discussing yeah so so yeah. in predator they're fucked but like if yeah i think there's a way they could that's pull it true off. no that's there's, true in in the campy world where they're murdering rival football players with fake swords i yeah. could see them like really like roughing it and like like you know putting dirt on their face and like i yeah. think they could do it they could blow it off they probably could do it, yeah. In the world of movie, no, I agree. You convinced me. And I, I think, I think he would definitely kill some high schoolers, though. I think there would be some casualties from the yeah. predator. Uh, but that's the end of that segment. Uh, Peter, do we have a segment? Peter's not here. Just kidding. Predator's Uh-oh. picks uh, is a segment where we talk about things we've seen. Aiden, you sure do. Uh, so I haven't seen too many because I, I, I've been busy. I've been busy guy. But I watched two movies, so I finally watched uh, one movie that is frequently listed as like one of the greatest movies of all time. People put that on their list often. The Prestige, uh, watched... right? <laughs> no, I wa- well, I did watch that, but I, I, what I mean to say is that I watched Federico <laughs> Fellini's uh, La Dolce Vita, which was a very good movie. This is, is very well done. The Sweet Life? Uh, yeah, it's like The Sweet Life, The Good Life, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't even one of those speak things. Italian, I'm just a genius. And you got it, yeah. Nice, dude. Um, but yeah, this was a great movie. Clearly a master of film forum. Like, this is just like... I mean, it's it's like the cliche film school thing where, like, of course I'm a film student and therefore I, I really like Fellini. Um, but, like, it's a great movie. Like, it's just... It's very... And it's funny because I've seen Eight and a Half, which is another movie where I'm like, 
formalistically incredible. Like, it's incredible what they're doing here. But I didn't like that movie that much. And I thought it was actually kind of self-indulgent and not great. Mm -hmm. This one, I actually think, is kind of tackling similar ideas to that, but in a much more intelligent way. And I think in a way that is just depicted a lot better. Is this the one with the paparazzi? Yes, this is the movie that that's, is the origin of the term paparazzi. I that's the clip yeah. I saw in our shared class with that one film, yeah. make, with film with teacher one, who said, yeah. uh, make a rule and break it. So I've, I've seen the paparazzi yeah. clip. Seems oh, I wasn't talking. I wasn't talking about... I don't think we're talking about the same guy right now. Oh, who are I you? Don't know. We don't need to hide it. I'm talking about Milos. I don't, yeah. We don't need a sense of the name. Oh, I watched that in that class. He showed a clip from oh, La, La Dolce Vita. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, anyways, you have another movie you've seen. I did see another movie, so I watched. I think I'm close to. I'm close to seeing every Nolan movie now. This is not like a watch through I'm doing, but I think that just Oppenheimer kind of gave me uh, a reinvigorated sense of of Nolan fandom. Not that I, I'm not. I still not a huge Nolan guy, but so I watched uh, the Prestige, one of the ones that I haven't seen. This movie is really favorite. cool. I think it's Peter's favorite. Yeah. Really? This is a cool oh, movie. Oh, no, it's Dunkirk. Are... Sorry. This one's fun. It's actually really interesting that it's, it's very Nolan-y in some ways. Like, it's very clearly a style. But he's actually... It's also kind of different in some ways. Like, there's certain camera moves he does that I wouldn't expect to see otherwise. There's some really clever and effective and simple, just like camera things he does in this movie that I think are really cool. Uh, there's an insane twist in this movie. The twist in this movie is is, like... I don't know how I feel about it because, like, on one way, it's like looking back now, it's like that is set up. That certainly yeah. is set up. You can tell there's so many lines, so many things here and there, and it's, you knew something mm-hmm. absurd was going to happen. Have you seen it? Yeah, and okay. yeah. Well, let's let's spoil it because also I think spoiler, yeah. a lot of people pew, have pew, seen pew, the Prestige. Pew. So, okay, yeah, pew pew pew. Spoiler for the Prestige. So it's revealed that Christian Bale the entire time was actually both him and his twin brother. Uh, that's the insane his... twist I yeah. thought it was the, the Hugh Jackman is murdering his clones I thought that was oh, the one you were going to be like well there's that, that one's insane but that like that's one that's more like him. that one's more vague what I mean is like yeah because I feel like the bigger because there's a that one feels like less of a twist to me because that's what we're led to believe somewhat early in the movie and I don't mean okay. it's it's in the latter half but like the hats and i remember the hats with the hats and everything like we're led to believe that that's what's happening Mm -hmm. and we're you're almost expecting that to like be revealed to not be the case and then it just kind of is in the end so it's like because the reveal was more spread out it's not as crazy but it's like the fact that we're we're getting to the end and it's like right at the end it's like actually i was two people the whole time i think that works i do think it works it's just kind of it's just a funny twist it's just like that's just kind of insane to me because I think because it also it reminds me of like a telenovela kind of like it's like a soap okay, opera like kind of twist, and so that's why it's like it's almost like a silly twist which I think is funny. Um, whereas well, like the Hugh Jackman one is bizarre but not as silly in the same way. Okay, what I'll say is I've seen this movie once in a while ago and I should rewatch it, and I think yeah. I think I'll say to something you said earlier. I think why people like this movie is kind of like I, I was just hearing someone talk about this on a different podcast they said it was the indie rock choice of like the nolan um sure. kind of cornucopia and i think what that means is like 
a lot of his movies kind of like are catering to one kind of thing. There's a lot of mm. sci-fi thrillers. You know, you got your Inceptions, your Tenants, your Interstellars. You've got your Batman trilogy, and mm. then this is one of those like outliers where he has not done yeah. anything quite like this. And I think Dunkirk is another sort of example of that. Yeah. Um, Memento. Anyways, uh, as to the twist thing, though, what I like about that is it's like, Hugh, from what I remember, Hugh Jackman is um, just kind of like super obsessed at like, how is he doing it? How is he doing it? And he's coming yeah. up with like, like ways that break the laws of nature. Yeah. And like the laws of the universe to like try and figure out what is actually like the simplest answer. And it's just and so, it's, the thing, yeah. it's so ironic that like, it's actually just like a twin brother. And meanwhile, he's like cloning himself and maybe dying every night. Like the yeah. question is always who, which of him is in the tank? Is it, is, did the original die yeah. like a month ago when he first did the trick? We don't know. Um, and I think it's a, it's an interesting thing as well, where like, I think that this movie actually weaves in a lot of themes that are really interesting. And one of them being like dedication to art and that kind yeah. of thing. And like, yeah, that, you know, and I think that it has some interesting things to say about that, where it's like Christian Bale is so committed. Both Christian Bales are so committed that it's like, you know, it's the thing where their entire life was uh, like yeah. a con. And where it's like... They're sharing yeah, and, and one then, life. Their it, whole life has to be lived as one person, which means one person yeah. is always subjected to just like living... I don't remember where, but like like having to hide. And so they well, don't get to live as the, real people. He's the ingenieur, or ingenue, or whatever. He's the I'm forgetting the real word they use, but he's he masquerades as like the the what Does he have Michael Caine is. No, well he's in like makeup. He's in like he's like a beard okay. and a hat. He's the guy. Hmm. He is what Michael Caine is to Hugh Jackman. He masquerades as that. Okay, but I don't remember. Um, yeah, I and then yeah, and then it's interesting that it's like. Hugh Jackman is literally dying for this, but also you question like whether Hugh Jackman is even really about it. Like he just doesn't seem to have the sauce in the same way. Um, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but that's what like Roger Ebert was saying. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't think he has the sauce. <laughs> they don't have the same juice for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I I did like this movie. I thought it was really fun. Nice. Uh, I watched a bunch of movies because it's been two weeks. Um, most recently, I watched Bottoms. Uh, fuck, I'm in mean, book smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I was wondering why I was there. Uh, watch Bottoms. Uh, no, I watched book smart. Uh, much better version than this. Like I said, um, I think that's a five star movie. Which it doesn't mean like that's like my favorite movie in the world, but like watching right. it, I was like, this movie has no flaws. Sure. And also, I really enjoyed myself watching it. Lots of movies are like more than that, even some that I would rank lower, but just like on its own, it right. is five stars. Uh, I watched They Cloned Tyrone, uh, mm -hmm. a little Netflix movie starring John Boyega, Tayona Paris, and... Um, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, thank you. Very fun. Um, just like a silly little sci-fi thing. You might enjoy this, actually, Aiden, because it's, it's kind of yeah, like that good. weird sci-fi-ness. Um, yeah. I really liked the like the like just the visual aesthetic. It goes for a, a grainy kind of like vintage 70s look, but it's it's set in the modern day, and so I found it very interesting that like... It's just kind of um, a mix of of time periods. There's a kid who's always talking about SpongeBob, so you know that 
we're in the modern yeah. day, but they're using dated technology. So it's, it's kind of like a, a refusal to commit to any one time period. I found that really interesting. I do think the story could have been better, and I, uh, it's, I don't know. I found it boring at one point. So like, there's a there's a, a second act lull. I I found, mm. um, but I found I found the first bit quite engaging uh, when as they're kind of figuring out the mystery and the characters are very strong. Uh, I watched a movie called Five Easy Pieces. Uh, it's a 1970 film. This is I think Jack Nicholson's first leading role. Um, okay. It's part of the uh, the I think the New Hollywood movement. Or so I was told after okay. I watched the movie. I had to do some reading it checks on it. out in the yeah. 70s. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a movie where it's this guy who comes from like an upper class life who is trying to live a lower class life because he hates the upper class. He finds them pretentious. Um, but he's, he's really just a drifter, and so he's not really happy where he is. And he learns that his father is suffered a double stroke, and so he goes, goes back home to visit his, his father uh, but he's he's kind of out of place at the beginning of the movie and out of place at the end of the movie, uh, and it's just kind of like this detached, isolated person who just as is completely unfeeling. It's a it's quite the character study. I found it kind of hard to get into, probably mm. because the character is so detached um, and just like not a nice guy. Jack Nicholson has this great face that he does. He also does it in The Shining, where it looks like he wants to kill his partner either his wife or his girlfriend like he just has like yeah. that i'm going like i want to kill you like he looks like he's and it's it's quite scary but like from an yeah. acting perspective like that is a fantastic face he's got there uh mm-hmm. to be able to like pull that off and like he's just like seething with anger um but like i don't know i thought it was fine it was okay uh yeah. but like like well made but like i didn't just like i didn't get a lot from it uh, I watched a movie called Freddy Got Fingered. This is the Tom Green movie from the early 2000s. Tom Green is a Canadian. Do you know who he is? I have vague understanding. See, this is the thing: is like we're we missed we missed it. We're too yeah. young, so we don't really know who he was, but we've heard about him. He's in the Eminem song. Yeah, he's he mentioned in the Eminem apparently. song. He humped Dead a moose. According, you're right. That's all I know yeah. about him. So that's the only yeah. reason we know him. Yeah. So I was like, well, I gotta watch this. But also, this movie is infamous for being, like, Roger Ebert reviewed it and said it was, like, one of the worst things he's ever seen in his life. And people either love it or hate it. It's a movie that is quite divisive. And so this movie um, in... Oh, I'll explain Tom Green for you and for anyone else who doesn't know. Tom Green is basically what started um, anything Eric Andre does that started with Tom Green. He he originated that, like absurd loud obnoxious personality who is just trying to annoy people and okay. then we are watching him annoying people and finding that funny and so he would do okay. on the street interviews very like uh billy on the street kind of stuff um all of these people kind of like are taking influence from tom green and he's from canada anyways nice. um so he was given because he was so popular on like mtv and stuff he was given 15 million dollars to make a movie and there's lots of people like projecting onto this movie like what the intent was was this tom green just making a really bad movie or like like getting money to make a movie and making a really bad one but i take yeah. the other camp the idea that he was given money to make a movie and said i'm gonna make the dumbest fucking waste of time waste of money <laughs> movie i possibly can for this budget 
not only that, but I'm also going to like write something that looks like on paper, like plots out like the perfect like beat. It fits a structure, but yeah. every single scene is just insanity and just like devolves into like complete like nothingness. Um, yeah. And I I I, re I did enjoy it. Uh, I don't think it's like a masterpiece, even by like that kind of like understanding yeah. of it. But it is. It's. I found it really funny because it's just like a refusal. As much as it is as like character going on a journey, fighting. He's he's in conflict with his dad, who's played by Rip yeah. Thorn. Rip Thorn is killing that performance <laughs> of like just like asshole dad who wants to kill his son. Um, and yeah, there's scenes in the movie where he's like. Tom Green is just saying like, yeah, I'm gonna spend all this money, and like that's that's great. Like I'll just spend all this money, uh, yeah. and it's clearly like a wink at like I'm wasting the studio's money to do this insane bullshit, like renting a helicopter, yeah. um, shipping his house to Pakistan. Like it's oh, I just found it so funny and quite like the middle finger to the studio system, or at least that's that's how I chose to read it. Not everyone does, mm. um, but even just like as an enjoyment level. I found it very funny. Uh, it's going for gross out humor, which sometimes didn't work, but like also just like absurd things happen. So there's a scene where just completely out of nowhere, he's he lives in his parents' home and Rip Thorn comes downstairs and he hears the shower and he's like, he's been in the shower forever. And he's like, he turns off the hot water, I think. And he goes, ha ha ha, how does that feel? But that sucks. Doesn't hear a reaction. He's like, what's this about? opens the door and he's like are you even in there like what's going on he opens the shower curtain and tom green is in a scuba suit in the shower and he's like and he takes off the the snorkel bit and he's like i found treasure and he's holding up like some soap and rip thorn goes that's not treasure that's soap on a rope and he goes Shh, it's treasure and he's just like fully into this like persona that's come out of nowhere like it's not in other yeah. scenes and then rip Th like it lands in the toilet and he's like, oh no, the treasure! <laughs> he like dives into the toilet. <laughs> like, that's what the whole the movie. It's just crazy. <laughs> I love it. It's So I found it funny. Um, moving on, I saw a movie called Safe. It's by Todd Haynes. He did Carol in 2015. Okay. Uh, I like this one. Uh, it's Again, it's one of those movies where it's uh, the bad art guy would call it bad art because it makes you feel bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. It makes you feel confused. So in that sense, it's bad art, but also I think it was a very well-structured movie. Um, the cinematography is particularly stellar, just mm. like makes suburban LA look so devoid of life and sterile. Mm. Um, lots of wides that kind of like distance you from the characters. Um, repeated use of dolly zooms, but here it works, where in Bottoms it didn't. Um, and just like this character who you have complete sympathy for, even though you know she's, she has like an environmental illness. She says she's allergic to the chemicals. Like it's a very vague mm. thing that most people would be like, that's stupid. Or yeah. like, you know, like you're overreacting, you're just hysterical. But like he treats it with complete sincerity and empathy, which I really liked. And just this idea of like this this woman like like falling to pieces, and um, people either not caring or not knowing how to fix it, it was very mm. sad. It was a sad kind of like depressing movie. Like not gonna make you cry movie, but just like your soul hurts. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that was that was a good movie. Um, 
continuing my Lumeathon. It sounds like I'm not doing a Lumeathon based on all the other things I'm seeing. I'm yeah. taking it slowly. So I watched Serpico. This is the start of his collab with uh, Al Pacino. That's the one based on a true story of a police officer in New York who is uh, dealing with corruption and is trying to deal with corruption. That was pretty good. That's all I'll say. Uh, then I watched Dog Day Afternoon. Very famous. I enjoyed that one. Uh, bank robber, uh, hostage crisis gone wrong. It was good. Pretty straightforward. Just like no, like, although there's like like wrinkles, obviously, like just kind of exactly what you would expect as a movie. Very good. Mm. I watched Meg to the Trench. The Megalodon. I had hoped we would do a pod on this, but probably won't unless we revisit it. I did not see Meg 1 to cap. I did up. see Meg 1. Uh, maybe you could fill me in, but like there were so many things. That, I like, could not. I don't remember <laughs> a thing about it. Apparently, like I've heard from people who've seen both. Like there's so many things that just aren't explained either. Like just new <laughs> things. Like new characters who I thought were from the first one weren't. Character from the first one dies off screen, and like yeah. her relatives are in this movie. Yeah. Strange stuff. As a movie, terrible, like a like a horrible horrible movie. Yeah. But as like an entertainment, boy, I was entertained. <laughs> I just I had so much fun watching this stupid movie and like the absurd things. There's a part like so they're at like the bottom of the Marianas Trench. Very funny. That this movie yeah. came out post Titanic sub stuff, <laughs> like yeah. that. This is this. That's so unfortunate. But um, there's a part where Jason, like, water's rising in this undersea base they're in, and they have to. Someone has to go outside and re-enter, and then let them out from the other side of this door. There's like a locked door, so they have to go around to lock the door from the other side. But they don't have any swimsuits, and they don't have any submersibles, so someone has to go like in the water just in their clothes at the bottom of the ocean and he's like oh it's okay i'll just all i have to do is is blow the air out of my sinuses and then i'll be safe i'll just blow the air out of my nose and then the pressure i'll be okay and i'm like no you won't that's not true (laughs) let me just tell you that is a lot of water above you you're gonna get crushed and he was okay he survived the movie surprisingly uh very silly movie but uh on like funny from like a detached perspective like i'm not laughing at what the movie wants me to laugh at i'm like this is a really dumb movie last movie i watched is la haine very famous movie Uh, i was not laughing at it uh it's a movie about police brutality in france um great great acting great characters great another one with like really great cinematography Maybe yeah. one of the best looking movies I've seen in a long, long time. Better yeah, than great. Safe. Better than like all these other ones. Um, just gorgeous black and white cinematography, um, and uh, you know, a message that uh, still relevant today. Kind of thing you have to say, but it's true. Uh, I think I had like like a minor issue with it of just like the 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 ending. I feel like although I like it, does seem to come out of nowhere. It felt unprovoked, and I felt it could have been better woven into the narrative to make it a little more uh, inevitable and, and like seem like it was uh, just set up. I needed more setup for that. But uh, mm-hmm. the ending itself was, was good on its own, in a, in a bubble. Uh, but in a vacuum, I mean, not in a bubble. Uh, next week, that's all for my, uh, my predators picks. There was a lot. Next week, 
will probably end up doing none too. Unless I can convince you <laughs> well, to do three equalizer. Well, the thing is, I might not be there. This might be a rare... Oh, no! Okay, so we'll have to figure something out. Because if yeah. that's a you and Peter, then it might be a three equalizer. Yeah, I'm not watching... If, if it's just me and Peter, we're not watching none too. Not doing the none too. <laughs> no, I I'm will having... watch the none too. Yeah, at I'm some having... point. I'm having none of that. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but we'll figure it out. If you like us, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Predator V Movies. If you like my thoughts on movies, check me out at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. I leave reviews sometimes. You can also check me out on Letterboxd. I'm 810Sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. And name is Wombo. I leave reviews sometimes, and they are often short. Nice. Uh, Peter, do you have any uh, plugs? No, he doesn't. He's not here. Uh, if Peter didn't plug anything, you know what that means. Uh, leave a review. You have to leave a fucking um, review. Leave a fucking leave review. Leave a comment. Right leave a like. Leave a star rating. Better be five. Uh, if you leave five, any of these things, uh, we'll hug and kiss you. Uh, and and kill also, you. And shoot you in your goddamn skull no, no, and cut your face off. We're not supposed to tell them that part. Oh, okay. No, we're actually going to hug you. Just, we, know, uh, we know that. Well, just, the, yeah. just the kissing. Just the kissing. And hugging. Yeah. Consensually. Because you, you'll, right. you'll, you'll, you'll say yes, please. Um, yeah. but, um, we just know you will. And we'll read it out. If you, yeah. if you have a comment, make it funny, we'll read it out. Uh, yeah. But if it's inappropriate, we'll still you read won't. it out. Uh, <laughs> but, just uh, kidding. Those, uh, we're making up the rules as we go. Uh, until next time, I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. No Peter. No Peter. And this is Peter <laughs> vs. Movies. See you next week. <laughs> That's a lie half the time, by the way. See you next week. Big liars.